In the Canadian Football League, welcome to CFL Weekly, Canada-wide across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. We're delivered by Domino's, folks. Might be rainy out, getting a little cold, right? Get yourself some Domino's pizza. Perfect football food. Perfect anytime food. Kids back in activities or busy with whatever, running around, carry-out or delivery specials. Large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Great show for you today. One of the legendary play-by-play men in the CFL. Chris Cuthbert stops by in about 15 minutes' time. We'll go big picture with him as we creep towards the postseason and the march to the Grey Cup. Then, real special treat, a Hamilton Tiger Cat all-time great Rob Hitchcock. Two-time safety, uh, all-time safety for Hamilton. Was part of that 99 Grey Cup team. Is going to have his name unveiled on the Wall of Honor at Tim Hortons Field this Friday. So we'll chat with Rob Hitchcock, some of his memories on the uh, Grey Cup win. His career, the team, and the league today. That should be a lot of fun. And then some CFL fantasy tips, as always, with our guy Ben Kramer from CFL.ca and Daily Roto. So lots of news and notes. Let's get to it. First down. So we're getting towards the playoffs, right? The storylines keep growing in the CFL. And a few things Rod Smith and the CFL panel get into here are things like which of the clubs that will miss the postseason can bounce back the quickest to respectability as well as a look at a possible shift of power in the West. Oh, we're getting late in the CFL season, and every huddle is important. Not exactly sure why, but let's just go with it now. And bring it in, and uh, let's discuss things now with David Sanchez and Milt Stiegel and Henry Burris. And beginning with you, Chezzy, we pretty well know who's missing the playoffs this year. Those three teams, the Lions, the Red Blacks, and the Toronto Argonauts. Which of these three has the longest road back to respectability? Uh, lost their left tackle, lost their quarterback, lost their running back. Unless those guys are coming back in the doors, <laughs> still the Ottawa Red Blacks, uh, they have not found those guys. Me, Davis. Yeah, sorry, buddy. I'm, 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 I'm with you. And I know the Toronto organization, their quarterback situation is bad, but it is really bad with the Ottawa Red Blacks. They could not replace Trevor Harris this year. They have some serious decisions to make in this offseason if they want to get back to being those same old Ottawa Red Blacks. Well, I got to throw Toronto in the mix because yeah. both Ottawa and Toronto have fallen yeah. and they can't get up. Well, both got to find out if, from the top <laughs> to the bottom if they got the right people in place. Yeah. Because, But the, to, to me, the difference is Ottawa has the fan base. Toronto's got to get their fans believing. Mm. Yeah. It's been two straight bad years for the Argos after they won the Grey Cup. Well, uh, what team is the best in the West now, Milt? Because you got Winnipeg Ooh, falling to nine yeah. and five behind nine and four Saskatchewan and nine yeah. and four Calgary. It's not my bombers anymore. I'm flip flopping. I got to go with those uh, Rob. Rob, you're flip flopping, Milt. They, they've got it together. Uh, the quarterback is playing well, and the 
a main piece, that big man in the middle, Micah Johnson, you see oh. the impact he's having now. That the playoff is playing some great football. Yeah, Milton, the playoff teams in the West, the starting quarterbacks for those guys, have less completions in the playoffs than Bolivar Mitchell has MVPs in the Great Cup. You're right about Come on that. Now. I, can't believe, Calgary. I can't believe Milton flip-flopped again. Davis, Calgary, <laughs> they beat Toronto and Edmonton twice. Two teams yes. that are struggling. Yes, they to did. me, it's Saskatchewan. They are the dark oh. horse. Mm. They are the full metal jacket, loaded running game, passing game, oh. and a great defense and two great kickers. Hey, it's yeah, rider pride right now, baby. Oh, hey, Hank, you're saying Saskatchewan's the best in the West. Let me ask you this. Uh -oh. I'm going to be a choice of two quarterbacks, two first-year starters, and you're going to start a team with them. Would you take Cody Fajardo or the Riders, or would you go with Dane Evans or the Ticats? Ooh, I love both. I love Cody Fajardo, but I'm going with Dane Evans. The guy ah. takes command. Hey, ah. three massive road games ah. on the road, two and one, 77% through for over 1,000 yards, ah. seven touchdowns. Hey, he did a job that nobody thought he could do. But Fajardo, he can yeah. make plays with his legs. He can not only can drop yeah. back and beat you with his arm if the play breaks down, if that offensive line breaks down, he can create with his legs and get those big first yeah, downs. He's, it he's, has to be Fajardo. I'm with you. I like Fajardo. He's running Steve McAdoo's offense. Yes. He's the general out there. He's the point guard like John Stockton without but the tight shorts. He's got a running game, guys. He's got Will, William Power. Who does Dane Evans have? Dane uh, Evans, uh, exactly. Uh, He's got Braylon Lassen uh, running the ball. Uh, he has no running game. But we're not talking about the other players. We're okay. talking about the quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. He does it all on his own. I'll tell you this much. None of you would have predicted these two guys going head-to-head -head yeah. in the Grey Cup in Calgary in wow. late November. Ooh. There's a lot of football still to play, but it's not quite a stretch to talk about that idea now. Ready, break? That's uh, Rod Smith in the CFL and TSN panel. Boy, I, I'm with them on the quarterback position, and you got to get one. Like, that, that's not news, right? NFL, CFL, whatever. If you don't have your quarterback, it doesn't really matter how good the supporting pieces around it are because you will be exposed. Look at the Montreal Alouettes after Anthony Calvillo. They've gone through 100 quarterbacks until they stumbled the second time on Vernon Adams Jr., and sometimes it is by accident. The Rough Riders, it took Zach Caleros to get injured to discover Cody Fajardo was their guy. Dane Evans holding fort for the Hamilton Ticats with Jeremiah Masolio. Sometimes it's an accident. For the Toronto Argos, it's not there. You know we love our guy McLeod Bethel-Thompson on the show. Nobody I'd rather sit around a campfire with a beer with than talk life with Macbeth. We got that in the archives, by the way. TSN1050.ca. Go to the show page uh, section on the site and go down to CFL Weekly. Phenomenal conversation. But Ottawa Red Blacks, too. Dominique Davis, friend of show, came on second week after his big, big performance. Hasn't been able to do it. Jonathan Jennings, not a starting quarterback. Got to figure it out. Let's move on. Second down. All right. Playoff positioning, always important. And coming down the home stretch of the regular season, every game can be crucial. So our buddy, TSN CFL reporter Matthew Shinetti, looks at the strength of schedule beginning with the Montreal Alouettes. And then it's enticing rematches at home against Calgary. That's too deep for Rogers! Alouettes are going to win it! And away in Winnipeg. Vernon over the top. Got it! He's got him! What He has it! In the biggest comeback in Montreal history! Montreal needs to maintain momentum if they want their October 26 home game against the Hamilton Tiger Cats to potentially decide who will host the East Final. As for the Ticats, the franchise has never won more than 12 games in a regular season. 
three of Hamilton's final five games are at home where they have made Tim Hortons field their undefeated fortress. Laborious and victorious. 6-0, the Cats are at home. In the West, Winnipeg is also undefeated at home, but its final three home games will be tough. Andrew Harris has 522 yards from scrimmage in five home games. Touchdown, Andrew Harris, just like that. More success at IG Field could help his campaign for MOP considerations. Cody Fajardo is also great at home. Cody Fajardo, who now has the keys to the green and white car. But four of Saskatchewan's final six games are away from New Mosaic. And Fajardo only has one game over 200 yards passing in four road starts. And Shaq Evans, and it's picked up. Circle Saskatchewan's October 11th game against Calgary as a pre-playoff test and possibly the Riders' opportunity to make their claim to host the West Final. But Calgary is surging. Winners of four straight, the defending Grey Cup champions went from crossover problems to tied for top in the West. And their next four games are challenging. But the home and home against the Bombers in late October could decide who hosts the West Final. And since returning from a pec injury, Bo Levi Mitchell has found his MOP form, throwing over 1,200 yards in the last month. Bo knows winning. Because it always comes down to Bo and the Calgary Stampeders having their say, doesn't it? The Stampeders are over the hump and back on top. There you go, strength of schedule. That's comes down to the the difference sometimes, right? It comes down to, all right, have you taken care of business, but then who are you facing? Is it divisional opponents? Is it a weak year for the division? Is it, it you know, it, it all comes down to that. That's why you have to win so, as much as you can early to not have that consequence because also you don't know how injuries are going to affect you. So it'll be very interesting the last few weeks of the regular season to track that. Let's go. Third down. And rankings time on CFL Weekly. Approaching the end of the regular season. Who are some of the defensive player of the year candidates? Rod Smith in the CFL on TSM panel debate. Boy, we present the 7-11 player rankings and the top candidates for defensive player of the year. What a year Willie Jefferson has had for the Bombers. Fewer sacks than Charleston Hughes, but he's been uh, bigger in other departments. Simone Lawrence just coming off a brilliant game. CFL record 17 tackles in one game against Winnipeg. His teammate, Jagarrett Davis. Trey Roberson to the Stamps. Derek Moncrief, and then rounding it out, Winston Rose. All right, Mel, you know the rules here. Yep. You can change the order. You can add a name, but you also, if you're going to do that, you got to take one off. Well, sir, Slurpy Boy is at it again. And this list is, is pretty good. I love the fact that Willie Jefferson is number one. I know some people think Charleston Hughes or even maybe Simone Lawrence should be there. But Willie Jefferson is my number one because he's, what, second in sacks, first in for, forced fumbles, yeah. and also tied for first in knockdowns. The defense in, tied for first in knockdowns, yeah, yeah. that's pretty impressive. So I like him right there. And I know there's one guy I agree should be on there, but it's your guy. I'm going to let you have him. So... Go at it. Oh, look at that right yeah. there. Yeah. I can be nice. Well, I'm going Dylan Wynn. Dylan yes. Wynn, 38 tackles, nine yes. sacks. Uh, so you're interior. adding that there. I got Adam. So I'm adding him. I'm taking Winston Rose off. I'm putting him at eighth. But I'm putting Whoa. Dylan at number five because he's been dominant all year. The only defensive tackle inside that had three sacks, but also Simone Lawrence. I, I got you one B right now mm. because uh, here's a guy who people said wasn't yeah. any good. He had all this attitude, which made him better. But now he's making those people eat their words. You're right. Uh, undervite our cover guys yeah. in this league. I want to say that I call it the 97-3 rule. If a defensive lineman makes 
three plays in a game, he could be the player of the week. If a defensive back gives up three plays in a game, he might be getting a plane ticket. Would you like a window or aisle to go home? So for that reason, guys, I'm going to move the three. Willie, Charleston, Simone have been too good. They're up top. But I'm going to move the three cover cover guys on this list to the number four, five, six block. And and you talk about those two defensive backs, seven and eight interceptions. They're on the verge of maybe double digits. You know, last time a defensive back had double digits interceptions, 2007. Wow. Ryan Phillips, that was the last time. And Derek Moncrief as a Sam also I put him up there too. You know what names are not there that I understand why he's not there because it's not as good as last year statistically anyway as Micah Johnson. It was so funny to see the way he played against the Argos too. He's such a presence on the inside. But just gives you an idea how many great defensive players we've had in the Canadian Football League in 2019. Um, Always something to argue about, although not as much argument as I thought there'd be. Wow, who'd have thought? And there you go. Who should be the defensive player of the year? We will take the break on the other side. One of the best play-by-play men in the business. The legendary Chris Cuthbert joins me next on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. on CFL Weekly Canada-wide across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara coming to you from the TSN 1050 Toronto studio. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMC Sports. You can watch live behind the scenes in studio here on twitch.tv slash Live and jump in the chat room. Let's talk one of the best all-time CFL commentators, just play-by-play guys in general, I, I I just love listening to anything he calls Chris Cuthbert online. Chris, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> nice to be with you, Andy. Absolutely. Always great to chat with you, Chris. Um, we're getting down to the real fun portion of the CFL season. We're after Labor Day. We're approaching Thanksgiving. And now everything is starting to, to line up, and it's more about playoff positioning battles and, and how things are going. i got to ask you first. Let's start in the East Division. If, if I were to tell you that both Hamilton and Montreal's starting quarterbacks were going to go down partway through the year or, cha- or totally change up, and they would be 1-2 in the division, would you have believed me? Because th- th- that's the storyline to me coming out of the East. Absolutely. Uh, uh, as hard as that would be to believe, uh, uh, the fact that the guys that have replaced the injured quarterbacks have become stars. Yeah. I mean, you look at Dane Evans and you think uh, – that and and I'm a big Jeremiah Masoli fan, but it, and I find it almost shocking that there's been no drop off. In fact, Dane Evans is uh, as good a quarterback right now as there is in the league, and and I, I think you can lump Vernon Adams in that discussion. Uh, and he is a dynamic guy that has uh, uh, really uh, you know stepped up the leadership in Montreal as well. So I, I mean, I. On a on a top five or ten list of stories in the Canadian Football League this year, I I think those are are two of the top five for sure. Yeah, and and you're right. They the Tie Cats. It's the offense is different, but now it's starting to transform. We're starting to see Dane Evans 
get comfortable and start putting up 300-plus passing yards. Does that speak? Like, you've covered so many games over so many years, Chris. Does that speak more to the, the system the, and, and the, uh, I guess, just the coaching staff in Hamilton to be able to say, okay, we're going to take an all-star, one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the league, out, and we're still going to have 11 wins so far? Well, I, I do think it speaks a lot about uh, the entire coaching staff, but uh, offensive coordinator uh, Tommy Condell. Yeah. You know what? We, we, we might even have to flip the page back and give June Jones some credit, too, because I, I think this is a different offense than what June Jones left, but he put uh, a lot of these pieces together and really kind of started the fire in Hamilton, and, and Condell's taken what worked for June Jones uh, what uh, he likes himself, and I, I think he's one of the most innovative guys in the league anyway, and, and uh, he's really got something going. And, and, and I, I found it interesting last week, they, they used Tyrell Sutton at running back. They, now you've got a veteran back there to uh, kind of enhance the running game a little bit. Uh, uh, I, I think there's a, a growing debate about who is the – MOP in the league, and, and in the last few weeks, I think Braylon Addison has become a very important guy in that discussion, and Brandon Banks has been there all year, so there's lots of good stuff to talk about uh, offensively in Hamilton, and, and probably just as much or more on defense. No doubt, in conversation with Chris Cuthbert, CFL on TSN, a play-by-play man on Twitter at CCTSN. Let's go to the bottom of the division here, Chris, and you have the Argonauts and the Ottawa Red Blacks. We know in this league, really any pro football league, it's all about quarterback. And we just talked about the two in Hamilton and Montreal. Toronto and Ottawa still searching. And I think there's a very strong argument at this point in the year that can be made that the future star quarterbacks of both of those teams are not on the club currently. When you look at Toronto and Ottawa for the rest of, of this year, you're out of the playoff race. What are they trying to, to do? Is it keep, keep culture, keep spirits up, just try to test different things out, see if they have anything of the quarterbacks currently on their roster? Well, I, I think in Ottawa, that's what they were trying to do. Yeah. And now they've lost Dominic Davis and, and really can't give him any, any further opportunity to kind of reclaim the position. So it's Jonathan Jennings and Will Arndt and, and uh, and can one of those guys send a message in the last few games of the year that uh, that they're worthy of uh, of being looked at uh, starting next year? And and right now, uh, unfortunately for both of them, the answer is probably no. And and then they're just fighting to stay on the roster in in some way. So it's been pretty disappointing in, in Ottawa. Yeah, consider that they won the first two games of the year, one of them in Calgary, and. And to be honest with you, I, I, I remember a start for Dominic Davis last year, and then the, the first couple of games this year, despite the four interceptions in Calgary, I thought, this guy's got a lot of tools, and maybe he is ready to take that next step. But uh, I, I look at that team, and, and not only can we say that he wasn't able to take the step, but they didn't surround him with a lot of people. I mean, they lost Deontay right. Spencer and Greg Ellingson and William Powell and Sir Vincent Rogers and a lot of people, and and they didn't really replace those those big names uh, at all. And and you know, I, I think Ottawa's got a lot of work to do. The Argos are are a team, and I, I've heard a few of the guys on the panel say the same thing. We're we're still a little confused because on paper, I think that should be a better team. And McLeod Bethel Thompson kind of teases you once. Uh, once every couple of games, he looks like yeah. one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the league, and and then the next week uh, he struggles, and and finally to the point where uh, they they wanted to give James Franklin another look, and uh, 
And again, the jury's out on uh, on where the Argos might start with next year. And Chris, let's go over to the West. Boy, you got a three-horse race, man. You got Calgary, Bo Levi Mitchell, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg. Edmonton still, well, Logan Kilgore, it looks like they're, they're taking a step back. But when you look at the Stampeders, I think that's a team where you had a backup quarterback do exactly what you're supposed to do when your star is out and is going to return. Tread water. Stay afloat. Stay within striking distance. They did. And now Bo Levi and the Stampeders look like they're doing just what they always do. Right, Chris? They, yep, all, they yep. always do it. I, I give Dave Dickinson a lot of credit. Oh, I mean, yeah. John Huffnagel at the top, uh, right, right from top to bottom there, because they weren't as good when the season started, and they were the first ones to admit it. And, and what Dave Dickinson said from day one is, we are going to try and get better by the week. And uh, they got out of the gate slow. They, they lost a couple games they probably shouldn't have. And then Nick Arbuckle pulled uh, a rabbit out of the hat against BC in, in one they, they, they probably should have lost. And, and progressively now they've got better. They're in a position once again to win the division. And, but, but you're right, it, it's a three-horse race. And uh, it's so close that, that Winnipeg lost last Friday and they went from first to third. But Winnipeg's still got an opportunity. They've got Saskatchewan uh, next. And if they take care of business there, they, uh, they have two with Calgary. They've already beaten the Stampeders, so one win against Calgary would give them the season series. So as much as they're the team that is... Uh, uh, that stock is falling the most of those three right now. They've still got a chance to kind of uh, to reset here before it's uh, it, it finishes. And and I'm I'm really intrigued to see who does win the West because uh, as you know uh, uh, the the team that uh, the wins only has to win one playoff game and, and look at Saskatchewan or Winnipeg and 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 I'll, I'll throw Calgary in there too. I, those are going to be tough buildings to win in for a for a visiting team in a, in a one-game showdown uh, whether it be sold out mosaic sold out uh, igf or uh, or or calgary with with all that experience that they have oh yeah it's gonna be must-see tv no matter where that ends up uh, chris which games are you doing this week I am. Uh, I've got the Hamilton game with uh, Edmonton on Friday, and then uh, I take the short trip to Vancouver for the uh, for oh. uh, Toronto BC. And I must admit, I'm a little envious because those other two games on Saturday uh, should be really, uh, really special. Oh, well, you know what? We're actually going to be interviewing right after you, Rob Hitchcock, who's going to be inducted on the Wall of Honor at Tim Hortons Field. So that'll be uh, that, that's a nice little little segue there for Hamilton Edmonton, which should be a good matchup. Yeah, that's awesome, and uh, give him my congratulations, Rob's one of the uh, one of the good guys, and uh, and what a terrific safety he was, and boy, could he. Uh, uh, could he bring the wood? He uh, <laughs> he was uh, was a heavy hitter back there, and a guy who's really earned his spot uh, on uh, on that wall of honor. Chris, always appreciate you. Thank you so much. Good stuff, Andy. Good talking to you. It's going to be a fun uh, final stretch. Absolutely. Thank you so much. There he goes, Chris Cuthbert on Twitter at cctsn. Uh, just I, I, I'll tell you this: a complete class act. Chris sounds obviously very nice and, and knowledgeable on the on the phone on the radio. Just as nice, if not a better guy behind the scenes. I will tell you that firsthand. Just a great human being, Chris Cuthbert. Always a pleasure to chat with him. We're going to step aside after the break, as I mentioned. One of the all-time greats, two-time All Star safety, 
for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He's a Grey Cup winning champ. We're going to talk to him as he gets his name revealed on the Wall of Honor at Tim Hortons Field. It's the reunion, the team reunion from Hamilton's 99 Grey Cup winning team, their last Grey Cup. So we'll talk to him about that, the team now, the league. And after that, our CFL Fantasy Tips will swing back around the league with Ben Kramer. A lot more coming up. CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Welcome back to CFL Weekly, Canada-wide, across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. You can get me on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports, and Twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Folks, we're delivered by Domino's. You know that. Perfect football food. No matter NFL, CFL, hockey starting up, whatever, go get yourself some Domino's. Turn the oven off. Go to Domino's.ca. How about a large four-topping pizza for $12.99 or the mix-and-match menu, $7.99, where you can intermingle pizza with side dishes like cheesy bread, boneless chicken, pasta, marbled cookie brownie for dessert, whatever. Check out all the terrific carryout and delivery deals at Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. All right, I was able to catch up a little bit earlier with a Hamilton Tiger Cat legend, Canadian, going up on their wall of honor, Rob Hitchcock. Rob, this is a huge night for you going up on the Hamilton Tiger Cats Wall of Honor in part and celebration of the Tiger Cats 99 Grey Cup team reunion set for this Friday, October 4, when Hamilton takes on Edmonton coming off of a big win, win against the Blue Bombers. So, Rob, first of all, um, this is getting very close and very real. How, how are you feeling with this special day approaching so fast? Well, I'll tell you, um, and Mr. Young called me back in April and, and gave me the news. I was like, oh, this is like, couldn't, I had no words. It was just one of those things where you're like, holy cow, hometown kid, mm-hmm. you know, played all his high school games there. And uh, one of those things where you're actually going to see your name going up on the wall. It didn't really hit me until I was watching the Edmonton game last week and I saw Ricky Ray go up. And I just put myself in his shoes there. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is getting really real. And uh, just brought chills, brought chills to me. And um, just one of those things where, I'm just getting excited and and looking forward to the moment. Two-time CFL All-Star safety, and you said it. um, Growing up, you're playing for the hometown team. If you're if you're any athlete, right, as a kid, you grow up to be a pro, you go wherever the, the, the money takes you, the league, the world takes you, whatever. But always, if you have the chance to play for your hometown team, the team you grew up rooting for, that is the ultimate. How special was that for you to get to do that in Hamilton? And then, as we just said, you're seeing your name go up on the damn ball. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's just, you know, it's, it's a definite dream come true. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. In 95, when um, we were at the Combine, the CFL Combine, Saskatchewan said that they were going to pick me up, in, I think, in the first round. And uh, I didn't really care coming out of university. I'm like, well, I'm going to get an opportunity to go to a, a professional team and play. And when uh, when I got a phone call uh, you know, a month or two later from the Ticats, uh, after the draft, it was Don Southern, and then he, and he drafted me and said, welcome to the Hamilton Ticats. And it just, uh, you know, for my family, and not only myself, but my family and friends, um, you know, being able to play in front of them for, for 12 seasons, 
um, was just, it's, it's, you know, it's remarkable for me to play that long. Um, but it was just another, you know, to play in that stadium where I, where I grew up watching the cats my whole life and now see my name go up there and with all the other legends and the great players that have, 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 have been there before me is just, uh, it's just an amazing feeling. In conversation with Rob Hitchcock, he played 200 games and, as he said, 12 seasons with the Hamilton Tiger Cats from 1995 to 2006, won the Great Cup in 99, and currently, these records. All right, let, let's, let's go through this. Let's take a deep breath here, Rob, okay? Currently holds the all-time franchise records in combined tackles, 606, defensive tackles, 484, special teams tackles, a tie at 122, and when you played 6-2-2-10, hard hitter, known for your hard-hitting style, that is quite an accomplishment. And, and, and Rob, when you... When you're in it, and, and you talk to athletes, and they say, okay, you know what, well, when I'm done uh, playing, I'll look back and, and uh, appreciate things. Was that the same for you? Like, after you, you hung them up um, and actually was able to, to look back and see what you accomplished? Like, how does, how, as an, as an athlete going from, from playing to looking back and saying, wow, I did something special, how do you process that? It, it's tough, because as a player, you really don't, care about the accolades right. and all the records and whatnot and, and it's you know people say all oh, people you don't care or you guys really care about it but I'm telling you um, all you care about is your teammates and going out and winning week to week to try to win a great cup and and that's what we tried and, and you know to answer your question yeah after I was finished you know it took a probably a good year to actually you know look at the stuff on my wall and the all-stars and, and you know, the, the, the leading in tackles, which I do have to correct you. Uh, Simone Lawrence just passed me. Oh. He's at 500. He's at, he's at 500 career tackles right One now. Down. And, One um, down. Okay. He's, yeah. He's still, he's still not beating me in 606 in total, but he's ahead of me now. So I have he's to give him props there. and I'll see him on the weekend. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure Simone will tell you about it too. He's not shy. <laughs> oh, he'll tell me. I think he wanted to talk to me yesterday and I was laughing. I said, yeah, I saw a couple of those, uh, Couple of those tackles that you did on uh, on the weekend, and it looks like you're uh, you're late coming in on a couple of them. And I think they gave him to you. I think he had 17 tackles, almost a record, or he tied a record. Yeah, it was unbelievable. But I'm I'm, I'm so so happy that he passed me because you know I look at it as a safety making that many tackles. They're like, wow, your defense must not have been that good. But I said, well, listen, I used to come up quick and fast and hit guys before they knew it so it was okay <laughs> right and, and you know what hey if you got me passed by somebody simone lawrence is, is a, another player whose name i'm sure one day will be up on that wall of honor with the tie cat so that's that's pretty special oh um, well rob tell, yeah that's for sure t- tell me a, a, a story if you could about that gray cup year 99 because as we know there's got to be uh everything has to go right to win a championship it's not always the best team it's not always the most talented team a lot of things have to go right is there a couple of stories that stand out to you since hamilton's honoring that 99 team uh with you going up on the wall of honor on friday any story that that reminds you of that season like okay this this was a turning point to get us over the humper this was the group of guys or or whatever of that special year well i'll tell you it it started in 98 um when we we, uh, when we brought Ronnie Lancaster and, uh, of course, uh, Darren Flutie and Danny Mack, when those guys came in and we went to the Great Cup after a 2-16 and year in 97, that started the process for us. And when we lost that last second field goal to Calgary, and I think we lost you now 30, I don't even know, we lost by one or two points. can't remember so far ago, mm-hmm. so long ago. But we, uh, that, that started, that was kind of the pinnacle. We came back into that training camp. The guys that were on that team previous, which were most of them, um, we had a nucleus of guys that were just that we looked at each other at training camp. We didn't really even have to say anything. It was one of those things where we knew what we did in 98. 
it was one of those teams where we, we could have won that game really easy. We didn't, and we knew we had that taste in our mouth. And from day one, we went out and we just we were beating up teams. Um, and it was one of those uh, one of those teams that we believed in the system. We believed in each other. Um, we were a true family. We loved each other. I mean, we were in a room for you know for fifty three, fifty five guys for six months at a time. And uh, when we got out on that field, everybody just knew we had each other's backs. And you know, it sounds kind of corny. We're like, you know, it's a, an old cliche where you're, you know, all the guys are we're all playing together. But I'm telling you, we worked together as a unit. Uh, we covered for each other. We communicated, and that's what made us a great team. Um, and you know, having those players, you know, like you said, we weren't maybe the best athletes, or maybe we didn't have the best team on paper. But I tell you, we we worked together as as units, and and, and it showed on in our games. And that's what it takes in conversation with Rob Hitchcock. Hamilton's own going up on the Tiger Cats Wall of Honor this Friday when Hamilton takes on the Edmonton Eskimos down at Tim Hortons Field. And boy, Rob, uh, you look at this Tiger Cats team, 11 and 3, um, and an overcoming group, I think might be an understatement because you lose Jeremiah Masoli, one of the best quarterbacks. And. The team hasn't missed a beat. Like, do you have? Can you draw any similarities as far as from what you just mentioned? It kind of feels like that this Tiger Cat team might have that type of special. Like, okay, hey, it's us against the world. We're we're the the, the group together, and especially with Masolio, maybe not the most talented at the quarterback position, but they're making it all work. Yeah, uh, I can say I've I've talked to uh, many of the players the players that are playing right now, and you can see it. Uh, you can see it in their step. You can see it the way they're 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 communicating with each other, the way they are on and off the field. Um, it, it's very similar to the teams we had in ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand, and I, that's what's making those guys uh, click. And I tell you, um, Coach O, uh, Mark Washington, the rest of the coaching staff, to have players that have been there before, been into Grey Cups, uh, been All Stars in the league, understand what it takes as a as a player. And and bringing that into the coaching ranks, and then and, and giving those guys those tips. Uh, players believe, and I these guys are believing in this system. They're a good team, um, and they have every right. And when losing Mazzoli, I thought I was at that game, and I thought, wow, this is uh, could be another one of those years. Right. And Dane Evans came in. Yeah, it, it took him. Uh, it took him, you know, a couple weeks to get familiar. Um, you know, as a starting quarterback, because you know he can't just come in and, and he played phenomenal. He did what it took. You know, when you, when you have your special teams and your defense, maybe you're not scoring all the points in the beginning, but uh, um, you know your defense and special teams, you're relying on those other units to do that, and they did it. They played as a whole team, uh, and then once Dane started getting um, familiar more with it, now he's throwing for three three fifty, two seventy nine. Like he yeah. just uh, he's, he's part of that group right now, and it's it's great to see, great to watch. Yeah, coming off of a three-touchdown game and that victory over a, a very tough Winnipeg Blue Bombers club. So this will be a ton of fun. Uh, Rob, real pleasure chatting with you. I'm sure you're going to enjoy the moment and having your name up there. And then after that, uh, a hopefully great Tiger Cat Edmonton game. Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a fun game. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to the whole night and uh, getting this uh, getting this done and, and seeing these cats uh, move forward with a win. Awesome. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you have yourself a great day. Thank you. There he goes, Rob Hitchcock, two-time All-Star safety with the Hamilton Tiger Cats on that Great Cup 99 winning team and going to have his name up on the wall of honor. Pretty cool. Great guy, Rob Hitchcock. We're going to take the break. After that, some CFL fantasy tips, folks, for your DraftKings lamps, for your TSN CFL fantasy leagues. We'll get you covered with Ben Kramer of Daily Roto next on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.
Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Back to wrap up the week 17 edition of CFL Weekly. I'm Andy McNamara from the TSN 1050 Toronto studio. You're listening across Canada on the TSN Radio Network on Twitter at AndyMC81, Instagram at AndyMCSports, and on Twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive. Make sure you check us out on all those platforms if you miss any of the show. Also, you can just go to your local TSN radio station website, click on the show tab, scroll down, see CFL Weekly, boom, there you go. Or on iTunes as well. Folks, that time of the week, CFL Fantasy Tips. So let's head to the Domino's Pizza delivery line where you can grab yourself a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99. It's amazing. The mix-and-match menu, $7.99 each. Get your pizza, your side dishes, cheesy bread, boneless chicken, marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Get it all. Check it all out. Carry out or delivery at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Let's check in with our resident CFL fantasy expert, from Daily Roto and CFL.ca, Ben Kramer. Ben, we got a nice four-pack of games on the CFL Week 17 slate. Vernon Adams Jr. is back after the suspension, hosting the Calgary Stampeders. We know how tough they are. I'm looking to start with our quarterback lineup, whether it's for our DraftKings or TSN.ca CFL lineup. Uh, ben, I'm kind of liking Mike Riley here. Oh, coming in, the Argos travel terribly out to Vancouver traditionally. They're in flux. This should, this could be a real nice build-on game for the BC Lions and Mike Riley. What do you think? Yeah, it's quite something to see how they've turned around in the last few weeks, and I think a lot of that has to do exactly with what you said. It's matchups. they got two versus Ottawa and one versus Montreal without a quarterback on their roster that you could really worry about, and now they get to go to Toronto, so you can easily see a four-game winning streak kind of come out of nowhere for a team that at one point was a 1-9 and team, and Toronto's still giving up the most yards per pass attempt, most yards per rush attempt, most TDs per pass attempt. They're just the defense to pick on on a weekly basis, and I think BC has shown that playing against teams that lack a pass rush, they certainly still have the ability to put together a reasonably potent offense, and Toronto's still producing the third few sacks in the league, so I think it's another week you can boot up your Lions with a fair bit of confidence. Uh, you know what else I'm liking? Dane Evans of the Ticats priced the same on the DraftKings lineup, 9300 bucks as Mike Riley, but when you look at it, they were in Edmonton. He popped up almost 30 fantasy points, um, and it's a rematch, and it's in Hamilton, so I, I, I kind of like that matchup too for Dane Evans. Yeah, he's kind of a contrarian pivot, yeah. I think. He, he's been an interesting guy the last couple of weeks in that he's had near 300 yards passing in the first half both weeks and then sub-100 in the second half both weeks. Hmm. So it's hard to say for sure 
what exactly is going on because certainly Edmonton in the second half of that game came back and almost won it because yeah. that passing offense just kind of evaporated in the second half. So Edmonton is giving up a well above average rate of passing touchdowns per attempt and Evans is certainly an option but I think his second half struggles might give a little bit of reason that you'd still think Riley is the top option and then if you're feeling a little bit more dangerous looking at Evans. Let's move on to running back here. Uh, William Stanback, another monster week. Uh, but that was without Vernon Adams Jr. in the line. You have Andrew Harris, of course, atop uh, of the salary food chain on either the TSN or the DraftKings game. When you're looking at Montreal, go back to that matchup. Stanback, Calgary against the run is seventh. So is that something you're going to look to exploit? It's $8,300 on your DraftKings lineup for William Stanback. I think standback is an option, but as of right now, Calgary is still giving up the fewest yards per attempt at this mm. point, and they are a pretty difficult matchup for opposing running backs as they've shut most teams down throughout the season. I think John White is about the only guy who had a decent game against them from the running back position, and that was fairly early on in the season before Calgary was figuring out who it was, minus those seven starters from 2018. So I think Stanback is an interesting kind of contrarian option that you can pivot to, but John White is actually probably our top option this week, as his workload is really stabilized over the past month with BC going on this winning streak, and the matchup with Toronto giving up the most yards and touchdowns per rush attempt, and him getting three or four targets a game as a receiver, really makes him one of the safest plays on the board and the top projected player at the running back position as well i'm looking for a value play here too terry williams like pretty much the the stampeders running backfield is a wasteland of injuries kadeem carey gone don jackson gone anybody else who has an rb beside their name gone except for terry williams and that's it's on the road i know but on the tsn lineup he's just over 4300 bucks i'm kind of liking that yeah i think it's going to be interesting to see where people go for salary Mm relief this week because there aren't a lot of really cheap options. It's expected Don Jackson's going to return to the starting lineup this week and take over the top job for Calgary versus the Montreal team that's giving up the third most yards per carry at this point. But Terry Williams, he just kind of plugs away in the background. It's rare he has a ceiling type game where he's going to win it for you on his own. But he's a fairly safe, if unexciting, play as he gets return yards. He gets right. two or three carries and two or three targets. So he's not going to get you a zero. But he's unlikely to get you 20 either. So it's all a matter of what your strategy is as far as what you're doing for punt plays and salary relief this week. Right, and and that might be sort of the the safer play. As you said, he's not going to get you a zero, but also not going to go through through the roof. So maybe that's kind of the just a little bit of a safe a safe play. Um, in conversation with Ben Kramer on Twitter at Benjamin from Daily Roto and CFL.C with your CFL fantasy tips going into Week 17. Of the Canadian Football League season, wide receivers. Uh, I'm thinking for each position group, I almost want to have a BC line here, Ben. Like, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking I, <laughs> it's not crazy, <laughs> right? Like, it really is that good a matchup that it's worth exploiting. You can pretty much lock in at least two Lions to your lineup wow. this week. I think John White and Brian Burnham both deserve consideration that you just start from there and then build out. And Riley may well be the pick, too, and in which case you're probably just plugging in cheaper options at some of the other positions and figuring out where to go from there because 
Yeah, Burnham is probably the second projected receiver this week versus Toronto, and he comes at just about a $3,000 cheaper price tag than Brandon Banks, mm-hmm. who's on top. So Burnham is a pretty solid option if you're rolling out Lions with impunity, as you probably should be versus Toronto. Now, if we want to go a little bit cheaper, maybe we're spending up, you know, the salary's creeping up on your, your DraftKings or TSN lineup. What about... Uh, Lamar Durant for the Lions. If we look at his fantasy output the last few games, he's been uh, double digits the last three and mid to high teens two out of those three. Are we are we liking that matchup maybe? Yeah, I think in the mid-tier price range, he's yeah. going to be one of the better values that you've got, whether it's on the TSN games or whether it's on the DraftKings games. Because he comes in a couple thousand dollars cheaper than Burnham, and he still gets about six and a half targets a game in that offense with some big playability. And versus a Toronto secondary that was giving up big plays, even the guys like Manny Arsenault this last week, Durant certainly has more youth and more athleticism on his side than some of those guys. So it could be another big week for BC and him and the secondary targets. What about value in the wide receiver spot here, Ben? Um, if you look on DraftKings lamp, you got. Uh, Lucky Whitehead, but that's going up against Saskatchewan. He's at 6300 bucks. You scroll down, you got Elliott and Stafford in the uh, 6000 range. Anybody jump out to you and it's like, okay, hey, you know what, for this week, let's take a value play on him. Yeah, I think we're going to have to see what the riders do with their their slot back positions this right. week because everybody's kind of been hoping and waiting for Jordan Williams Lambert to get his first start because on DraftKings he's priced at just 3000 at the bare minimum salary. And at that price, if he's a starting receiver, you can pretty much just lock him in no matter how many lineups you're building and expect you're going to get decent value out of him with five or six targets and see what he can turn it into. If he stays on the bench, as some are talking about here, just mm. to keep the cohesion with that receiving core that's gone on a little bit of a win, streak again. You might look like some of the Calgary receivers that are cheaper like Josh Huff or Colton Hunchak that come in min-priced on the CFL-TSN contest and still in that four or $5,000 range on DraftKings that can get you a little bit of salary relief versus a Montreal defense that's given up the second most yards per pass attempt so far. So go in that direction. And then, of course, we like our defenses here on the show, right? We're looking, okay, are we doing the BC Lions as another lock. I hate being that that kind of tuned in, especially to if McLeod Bethel Thompson starts, um, we know he can he might not win, but we know he can pop up some big yards. So that might be a little bit iffy there. Um what maybe Hamilton against Edmonton that's been kind of up and down. Where are we going on the defense side? Yeah, I think some of it's going to determine by who's starting at quarterback for these teams. Because yeah. as usual, you just want to pick on who the weaker quarterbacks what? are on a weekly basis. So if it winds up being Franklin again in Toronto, I still like his potential, but he really hasn't shown a lot of it in actuality over the last couple of seasons for the Argos. So I think the BC defense priced really low on the CFL-TSN contest would be a reasonable punt option at defense. And as you mentioned, that Hamilton Tiger Cats defense is one of the higher average scoring defenses. And versus Logan Kilgore, who's just wildly inaccurate at anything deeper than 10 yards for targets. So I think that's certainly another one that you can pick on with him producing multiple turnovers in each of his last couple of starts. Uh, Hamilton defense it's still a fair bit cheaper than some of the top priced options so there you go there are your cfl fantasy tips for week 17 if you got any more questions you can hit us up on twitter at benjamin at andy mc 81 and ben hey you know what the nfl has already started in through a month but the national hockey league nhl season's here and daily road can help you out right yeah we're getting into some of the fall 
all sports getting their startups now too with hockey coming up this week with the puck dropping in just a couple of days and uh, we've got the full package of everything that you could hope for your daily fantasy sports hockey lineups this year with weekly articles podcasts projections and a lineup optimizer to build lineups from anywhere from single entry contests to the 150 mmes and we've got all your deeds covered so if you use the promo code fntsy at checkout you can get 10 percent off the year subscription fntsy at checkout love it thank you so much buddy we'll talk to you soon yeah great talk nanny there he goes ben kramer from cfl.ca and daily roto that'll do it folks for producer rod i'm andy mcnamara enjoy the games you've been listening to cfl weekly across the tsn radio network